0: Welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co founders and hosts Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to Divorce Coaches Academy's podcast. I am Tracy and I am here with Deborah. Hi. Hello. Deborah. Hello. Hi, hello. Hi. So today we are talking about change and a little, a little preface before a little disclaimer. So as we're talking about change, I am in the process of some change. I am currently moving, again, back to Florida from New York City. So in my transition of change, I am in my uh, new location right now, temporary transitioning location, and my radiator is making a whole bunch of noise. So if you guys hear some noise, please know I apologize. It is not the most optimal uh, place to do our, our recording, but we really, really wanted to talk about change. So it all just seems so perfect. So perfect, right? (laughs) Because change in life is inevitable. Sometimes it can be positive, like a new pet, a new home or a raise. And at other times it can be so painful, right? Like a scary health diagnosis, losing a job or divorce. Often the hardest changes to understand and adjust to are the ones that are unexpected or out of our control, meaning someone else is exerting that force of change upon us. This is the person who was just told by their spouse that they want a divorce or the individual who has just been served divorce papers or received notification from the court that a divorce action has been initiated these can be more difficult to come to terms with. But what we find that our clients' experiences can be made better or worse is dependent on how they think about and adapt to the changes inherent in divorce. Mm -hmm. Today, we're talking about working with those clients whose resistance to change is creating obstacles to negotiation and could be potentially escalating conflict. Hmm. it's not uncommon for clients to underestimate the amount of change that divorce will bring to their lives. Whether those expectations were set by social media, lack of knowledge, or wishful thinking, right? I'm going to click my heels together. When the choices on the table don't line up with their vision, we can begin to see resistance pop up all over the place. And that resistance can cause everything from avoidant behaviors to decision-making that's downright destructive. As divorce coaches, helping clients examine and dismantle that resistance can go a long way toward creating a more collaborative divorce and co-parenting environment. But before we get into discussing our actual work with clients, let's set the stage a little with some background about how people typically approach change.
1: Yeah. How how do we approach change? Because you talked about change when it's exerted upon us, but sometimes I even see clients when they initiate the change, right? But then... Uh Uh-oh, I underestimated all the impact this is going to bring. So we know people tend to cope with change in one of two ways, either escape or control. So escape coping is based on basically avoidance. This is where people kind of take deliberate actions to avoid any of the difficulties associated with the change. Mm
0: -hmm. The
1: trouble with this is that it keeps all the anxiety and fear about the change in play. It keeps it in play and it can even heighten it the longer we avoid the change. So that's escape coping temporarily it might feel good but in the long run it probably escalates all those scary feelings yeah right Mm -hmm. the other side is control coping and there's adaptive and maladaptive control coping i want to talk about both right adaptive control coping is positive and proactive this is somebody who says hey i'm not a victim not a victim of this change. What I'm going to do is manage my emotions. I'm going to get support. I'm going to do what I can to be part of the change. Mm-hmm. But we also see maladaptive control coping. And this is somebody who says, I hate uncertainty. And so I'm going to try to micromanage every part of this change so that there's no uncertainty. And I know everything that's going to happen. Okay.
0: <laughs> and we know how that looks. We know what that looks like,
1: right? Most of us respond to major change with a mixture of escape and control coping. But the adaptive control coping we know is the most productive option because we it's impossible to escape the reality of change in divorce and co-parenting for very long. Yeah, you'll get exhausted. And likely cause some more unwanted consequences.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, change, especially in the world of divorce, is difficult. It challenges how we think, how we live, the quality of our relationships, sometimes even our physical security, financial security, our sense of identity. So most people are familiar with the stages of grief. But there's also a familiar and consistent process of change, too. And people usually react to change in four stages. And these are going to sound familiar. First, shock and disorientation. Yep. Second, anger and other emotional responses. Third, coming to terms with our new normal. Starting to accept that. And fourth, finally, is acceptance and moving forward. Now, as these changes are coming, our job is to help our clients work through these four stages, right? And they're more likely to progress successfully if they can acknowledge their feelings, explore the facts. This sounds like our work, right? Stay positive, draw on their support networks, and give themselves time to adapt. In other words, if they use these adaptive, Control coping strategies. Where we run into trouble is when clients get stuck in stage one, disorientation, or stage two, emotional responsiveness, right? When they are resistant to this impending change, and they get stuck in stage one or stage two, they're resistant to the change.
0: Yeah. Ready so, to- what is resistance to change right resistance to change in divorce and co-parenting is an unwillingness to adapt to new circumstances or ways of doing things and just sort of simply that there i don't many, i don't want it to change yeah, i just don't right i just absolutely with my entire being do not want it to change and there are many reasons for resistance but at its heart at its heart resistance is rooted in fear of the unknown and loss of control. Just people are biologically wired to look for patterns and predictability and any uncertainty. Even if it's anticipated or positive, it can trigger anxiety, right? It starts kicking up. Oh God. Even if I wanted this, right? Right. You want to
1: move to Florida.
0: I, I, well, yes. <laughs> yes, I do, Deborah. No. You miss paddleboarding. Yes. Yes, I do miss paddleboarding, miss my beach. But we also dislike change because it often diminishes our sense of control. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it's out of our control. And this again triggers a fear based reaction right? So that's when we're seeing that stuck and that disorientation and then that emotional responsiveness, which plays such a big role in this resistance. And this is what's fascinating. Similar to conflict styles and communication styles, there are different types of resistance. And as divorce coaches trained in alternative dispute resolution processes, we can support our clients by helping them explore and discover their thoughts feelings, and behaviors related to change, that resistance to change, to be able to identify opportunities to minimize those obstacles and and these typical resistance behaviors, right? So being able to have that awareness first, right? We often talk about, you got to name entertainment to reframe it. In a resistance to change, we need to look at some of these patterns Right. And explore them with our clients. So let's talk about some of these resistance patterns. Right. First one, passive resistance. Mm. This mm. is when individuals have negative emotions about change. Right. Yeah. Then there's that aggressive resistance where the resistance about or against change actually can become harmful. Right. right. That really yeah. engaged. Aggressive decision-making. Parental
1: alienation. Some of these behaviors that we see destructive, really destructive things.
0: Absolutely. Right. right? Or, or we're taking all the money out of an account, right? Exactly. Covert resistance, right? This is failing to be open about the resistance. Right. I'm not mad. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> and then then of course overt resistance and that's just when our individuals are just openly resisting change no not doing it yep i'm not i'm not hiding it i'm not not you know this is just i'm not doing it OK, and this is often where we see clients just say, I am not filling out that financial affidavit. I am not complying with uh, financial disclosure because I just don't I can't do this. I'm uh, resisting this change. I don't want this to happen. And I'm just going to be telling everybody about it. I'm not right. moving this house. I'm not looking for another apartment. I'm not doing it.
1: No, right? I'm not doing it. Right.
0: right? So, so why is there so much resistance? Right.
1: Right. Why? So we know people respond to change, right? By either avoiding or trying to control. We have these different styles, passive, covert, aggressive. They don't want the change to happen, but why are people so resistant, right? I think one thing we can look to is let's go back to David Brock's scarf assessment, Yeah. right? Where we talk about threats and rewards, There are lots of reasons, but the SCARF assessment is so appropriate when we're talking about divorce, because all these domains are so threatened. Yeah. So SCARF, if you recall, is an acronym that stands for the five domains that get that help people in decision making, right? Mm -hmm. And so the first S is status. Mm -hmm. Status is under attack in divorce. Who will I be after this? These are direct identity threats.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I am resisting a change to my identity. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to change who I think I am, who I've defined myself to be.
0: Yeah. As wife, as husband.
1: As this, as that, as a person living in this neighborhood, as whoever I've defined myself to be. Divorce is threatening my status as that person or as that socioeconomic level, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is an this is a direct identity threat or a socioeconomic status threat. Yeah.
0: yeah. Then
1: there's certainty. See and scarf is certainty. Wow. There's nothing in divorce that's certain. <laughs> no. There right? are no guarantees. It, I always say it's it's a you know, family law is an art, not a science. There's no there's relatively nothing where you can ask an attorney a question and they will give you a direct answer. It almost always is, well, it depends, yeah, right. so yeah. when 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 clients are asking themselves the question, What will this look like? Mm-hmm. There's almost always no definitive answer. Like, why can no one tell me the answer? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we we know that the legal system is, can be a source of conflict that is out of our client's control, right? right? So in that there's, there's a threat to that certainty and what will this look like, right?
1: What will this look like? There is no certainty. And you mentioned control. So that rolls into the A, which is autonomy. I'm not making all the decisions. I'm not in charge here, right? Whether I'm mediating my agreement or going to trial and handing decision-making over to a judge, the outcomes are not within 100% of my control. If I'm sharing parenting, if I used to be the full-time caregiver, now I'm sharing parenting, all of that is not in my control. I used to be the default decision-maker on everything. Now I have to get joint agreement for things. Yeah. I, there's a big loss of autonomy.
0: Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And then relatedness is our R and scarf, right? Why don't people understand, right? Mm-hmm. Being able, going through this change of divorce, there are all these how I used to relate or how people related to me. Right. Really, really important in talking about that resistance to change. And then, of course, our favorite fairness, fairness, fairness. Right. What's the criteria? Expectations. All of these playing together. Right. I, I I've always I applaud. I, I feel like we should reach out to David and say, "Hey, I know you didn't really look at the Scarf Assessment for divorce, but damn, its application is so on target, right? So these these domains playing in those threats are common reasons for some of that resistance to change. Okay? Correct,
1: because the the Scarf Assessment says move in one direction it's a threat move in the other direction it's a reward and so if i'm over here right now on the reward side if you're trying to move me at all it feels like a threat and how do we respond to threats yeah fear amygdala hijack emotional response shut down fight flight freeze all those things right The other thing that comes into play when people are resistant to change that we can't leave off the table is this idea of of self-doubt and a lack of belief in their own resilience. Because we do see a difference between people that are like, yeah, it's going to be different, but I'll pivot and I'll deal with it. As opposed to people that just get that deer in the headlights and hyperventilate and are like, it's different, and I don't have any idea how I'm going to do that and yeah. freak out.
0: Yeah. That self doubt, that self value, the ability to not be able to look internally towards the resources that we have to be able to manage and cope with that change. So, yeah. really, right? Those, those, and we see those individuals who have been able to experience and positively adapt. To change, that's what we call resilience, right? Yeah. Resilience and grit. I've been through a lot and I'm, I'm still standing here. The more that we do it, we then are building upon that, right? Yeah. Building upon that strength.
1: Building upon that strength. And so one of the frameworks we use in our divorce coach training and certification program is something we call CLARITY which is helping clients identify obstacles, reset their expectations, get clarity about what it is they're trying to achieve. And I think this can be really important when it comes to helping them kind of bust through these scarf domains, their self-doubt, their resilience, and this is getting into their self-talk and helping them reframe some of these messages, right? Because we're creatures of habit. Our brain creates these neural pathways. We have these repetitive thoughts and behaviors, right? And they kind of become our default way of functioning. Yeah. And so we have these same thoughts, these same behaviors. And when they're based on doubt and fear, they become even harder to change. We, on some level, they're serving a protective function for us. But to effectively navigate divorce and co parenting, we've got to explore and reframe these automatic thoughts, right? So, oh, yeah. what can we do? Let's talk through an example, Tracy. So, let's say your client is currently caring full time for the children as a stay at home parent, and they're really resistant to thinking about a shared parenting plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. So, yeah. let's. Yeah. So their brain is going to try to trick them into thinking, right? That change to that status quo is bad. They want to stay in homeostasis, the way things have been.
0: Yeah. So that homeostatic message, right? I'm always done this. And he, she doesn't even know how to pack their lunches, Whoever is doing this, right? That's that message, keeping it. I'm giving myself, this is the credit that I'm giving myself and I'm stuck here, right? Whereas the change response is he hasn't done it before. He or she hasn't done it before, but he or she is capable of talking with the kids about what they would uh, like for lunch, right? This is identifying some of that reframing, identifying those obstacles, working in an interest-based position to be able to then see how this may be different, but okay. Yeah. Because that's that piece that holds clients is that fear of it's going to be horrible. It's going to be bad. Things are not going to be okay. I'm not going to be able to survive. And, And for many... That resistance to change is often a survival mechanism, right? right. That avoidance so, as I can't throw myself in there.
1: Yeah. So if I come to you and I'm your client and I say, well, I've always done this. My partner doesn't even know how to pack their lunches. Mm-hmm. What kind of curious question might you ask me? Because there's a space between the the homeostatic message and the change response we want to get to. And there's a coaching process that happens in between, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, One of the first things that we do is explore, right? We're getting that clarity framework of exploring what are the underlying issues and concerns, right? Right. What is this? What does this look like? What's going to happen? What is, you know, so our curious questions of, okay, so I hear that you've always done this before and they've never been involved in packing the lunches. Can you can you tell me more about what they have done, what their relationship is? Are there opportunities to be able to see, again, if the interest is a shared meaning? We often talk about interest-based negotiation is looking at both sides. What can they contribute to this, right? Mm. now, That piece is eliminating some of that fear because it's the story we're telling ourselves. Right. I have to do this, this change cannot happen because something bad is going to happen. Mm. Little Johnny is not going to get his carrot sticks the way he likes them, and therefore he's not going to eat lunch. Therefore, he's going to have a horrible day at school, and it's going to be a disaster.
1: Right. Yeah. So tell me more about he doesn't even know how to pack their lunches. Mm. Yeah. So tell me, tell me more about what that means, right? Yeah. Like getting yeah. to the what are the concerns here? About that, he does what does that mean? He doesn't know how to pack their lunches, right? And then digging into that. Yes.
0: Yes. Part of exploring that resistance to change is because of that loss of control, is to be able to also support clients and empowering that there is some control still in change. That is our mindset and our perspective, as well as in our approach, right? Yes. So often when we talk about conflict being an opportunity for growth, change is also an opportunity for growth. So we hope that you have enjoyed our our time. We can obviously continue to talk about resistance to change and work that we do as divorce coaches. But, Staying grounded in our curiosity, being perceptive, not overstepping some of those things that we're hearing that are those red flags, those signals that our client is screaming, those patterns of resistance to change, that those scarf domains are lighting up, they're firing. Being supportive while also helping the client explore what that, expanding that desired outcome right? Because in change-resistant behavior, that desired outcome is stuck in that positional thinking that may be contraindicative to where they are at this time. So again, thank you so much. We, We welcome you back to join us once again for a new and exciting topic, supporting your job as working as a professional practicing certified divorce coach.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.